0: You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc 123 me.com. Truly, truly the Lord is in this place. Thank you so much. I always request to hear from the family, the Owen family. They bless my hearts every time I hear them minister in song, lead in worship. And I want to echo the words that have been shared through these men who led us in corporate praying today. Antioch East Church is a church that is dear to each and every one of our hearts. I love this place. I love this pastor. I love this people. And certainly it is a highlight of our year to come and help you celebrate 171 years of preaching the gospel locally and abroad. I'm honored to have my wife, Rita, with me this weekend. We thank you for the lodging locally with Jim and Julie at the bed and breakfast. I would recommend it to anyone, anywhere. Uh, this morning we had a delicious breakfast and uh, another mother-daughter relation staying in the other side of the B&B. They joined us for breakfast. They were for, from Colorado. And uh, by the way, we are in the dog days of August summer. <laughs> and this humidity has took its toll on me. And we were sitting in the breakfast area and that lady says, hmm, We didn't even turn our A.C. on last night. We love the humidity. One of them said, we don't even have to put lotion on. We just rub our legs and our arms. I said, bless God. How about pumping a little yours over into mine? We'll turn her down five or six more degrees. From 67 to 61, praise the Lord. Amen. But it's been great. And it is crescendoed right here in your presence. But most importantly, we praise him for we are in his presence. One people lifting up one voice, preparing those around us for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you join me, please, in the Word of God? I'll be reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 3. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 3. This today is from the depths of my heart. I pray it will be a blessing to someone in our presence. And uh, with your prayers and God's help, I want to preach on this subject. Lifting our one voice. If you want a subtitle to the message, it would simply be the power of one voice. Matthew chapter 3. the first three verses. And before we read the text, I'd like to preface the message by saying a few thoughts. Our world has heard from everybody, from everywhere, about everything these past 18 months. And nothing they said today matched anything they said yesterday nor will it match anything they say tomorrow. But I believe more than ever, our world needs to hear a word from the church. Do you know why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so? It's because you and I, as God's redeemed, are the only ones that have anything worth saying. And I appreciate the prayers for those in Afghanistan and around the world, our missionaries, our Christians, our American families and uh, Afghanistan allies that are trying to get away. And we pray again for the leadership of our nation. Uh, these last 18 months, we faced pandemic COVID we faced political chaos. we faced prejudice, conflict. We have faced persecution in the church. And God forbid, we have faced the passing of cherished friends and family members. I'm reminded of King Hezekiah when he received the threatening letter from King Sennacherib from a Syrian army. He went up to the house of the Lord and he spread that letter and he prayed and he said, save thou us. I'm so grateful today and you will as well in unison agree that our God is the same today as he was yesterday. He never changes. Though around us constantly we see changes. The one above us remains constant for he is our God. I'm glad to be in a local church. I am a local church preacher. I believe in the local church. I pastored local churches 21 years into evangelism now, I preach in local churches. Our membership is in a local BMA Baptist church. We preach wherever God opens the door. The greatest experiences of our life occurred in the church. I was saved in the church, baptized in the church, called to preach in the church I was married in the church. We dedicated our children in the church. We love the church. And we believe in you, a local autonomous body of believers in Christ Jesus. I know of no church apart from Christ. I know of no Christ apart from the church. You understand the church and Christ are not identical. However, the church and Christ are inseparable. I have a problem with those who say I love Jesus, but do not love the church. That's why I'm so thankful to be here and to see such an enormous crowd of God's people in church today. You cannot serve him from your sofa You come into the house of God. We're living in Hebrew 10, 25 land. Not less of church, not less of Bible, not less of preaching, not less of the Holy Spirit, but more church, more Bible, more preaching, more singing, more of the Holy Spirit, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. I understand the church does not save anyone. I'm not a church member because I... Uh, to make me a Christian. I'm a church member because I am a Christian. Somebody said, church does not save you any more than going into your garage makes you an automobile. But we cannot long live outside of the body of believers, the family of God. I need you and you need us and we need one another. Thank you, Father, for this privilege. On my way to heaven one more time, you allowed me to come by Antioch East to be with my dear pastor and his lovely family and to be with his dear church, whom we've grown to love and appreciate over the many years. Would you allow me to be a blessing to them? And would you, Lord, receive... This moment to praise and bring you honor and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Very quickly, and I know we're running on time, but we've gone too far, Sister Phyllis, to turn back now. What a blessing that song was, as well. Matthew chapter number three In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his paths straight more than ever. I'm convinced the church needs to lift that one voice. I call your attention to the phrase there in verse number three, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. We must hear from the voice of the church, you and I. We've heard from politics. We've heard from athletes. We've heard from Hollywood. It's time that we, our nation, our families, our churches, our communities, hear a word of sanity and reason in this insane society. If there's ever a day when we as God's people must lift up one voice... And prepare the way of the second advent of Christ as John the Baptist lifted up one voice to prepare his first advent. I want to abbreviate the message somewhat today, but we'll just preach until the Lord shuts me down. Is that fair enough? I've got a four hour sermon. I'm trying to condense it into two hours, but we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad today the church has a light and we need to shine it. We have a stand and we need to take it. The church has a song and we need to sing it. The church has a message and we need to preach it. But the church has a voice and we need to lift it. I love the man in our text this morning, John the Baptist, who with one voice, crying in the wilderness, making the way of the Lord straight, he preached, Prepare ye. I did a little research, Brother John, excuse me, Brother Ron. I've got John Fulmer on my mind for some reason. My, my i tell you what, at least I wasn't called Mo or Willie. That's the two donkeys there that we stayed with. Somebody called me Mo, and I said, hello, Mo." Let me tell you one other thing that's funny, and we'll get to preaching. Last year, Rita wasn't with me, and I was starving about 11 o'clock at night. Brother Ron always, the church is so gracious, provides us meals. We went out to eat, you know, five o'clock, but I'm hungry, and I didn't have, I didn't have a peanut with me. And they have a bunch of chips in a Ziploc bag to feed Mo and Willie. I ate all of them chips that night. <laughs> a year has passed, and the first thing that she asked, Miss Julie, in front of Rita last night, did you feed Mo and Willie last year? <laughs> did, she actually said, did you feed the donkeys? And I said, I fed the jackass, all right. I didn't lie to her. So stay with me, Brother John. Would you do that, please? I want you to see the preparation. The preparation. John went out through the wilderness saying something like this. Prepare. Get ready. Somebody's coming. Prepare, get ready, somebody's coming. I'm not that somebody, but I'm preaching about that somebody. That somebody came before me. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. I must decrease, but that somebody must increase. Prepare, get ready, somebody's coming. And can I say this morning, God got it right to the very minute detail on his son's first coming. Got it right when he would come in the fullness of time. Where he would come in an obscured village called Bethlehem. And the way that he would come, born of a virgin. And just as God got it right the first coming, somebody testify God's got it right in His Son's second coming. Woo! The only distinctive difference is the first time He came, He came born in a manger. The second time He comes will be in majestic clouds of glory. The first time He came, He came to a cross. The next time he comes, he'll come to a coronation. The first time he came, he wore a crown of thorns. The next time he comes, he'll wear a crown of diadem. And every man, boy, woman, or girl will lift their voice and sing to the Almighty, oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Woo! And crown him. Lord of lords, the crown of diadem. The first time he came, they cried, crucify him. The next time he comes, they'll cry, king of kings and lord of lords. First time he came, he rode in on a pintail donkey. The next time he comes, he's going to ride in on a white stallion. Thank you, Lord. God got it right the first time. And God's got it right the second time. But as John the Baptist prepared, get ready, somebody's coming as he was the forerunner of Christ. I submit to you good folks today that we as the church, the body of believers are the forerunner of the second coming of Christ Get ready. Be prepared. Somebody is coming. I was asked, was John the Baptist effective in that preparation message? I wholeheartedly say, yes, he was, because they had a baptism service down along the River Jordan. I'm going to make this quick as I can. And old John the Baptist was baptizing his converts. Those that were confessing Christ, he was baptizing. And he's preparing those folks for the coming of the Lord Jesus. And I could picture him there, baptizing, waist deep in the Jordan, his converts. And all of a sudden, his emotion breaks out. And with gestures from his hand, he points over the way and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Beforehand, he in the wilderness, get ready, somebody's coming. And then he uses an attention-getting word. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God. That word behold means to stand it awe. To stand in attention, somebody has come. One great preacher, Tom Haynes, translated as saying, looky, (laughs) looky. Behold, thee, not a, not some, not another, but thee, Lamb of God. I feel like preaching right here. Let's dig a little deeper in that saying. Are you aware this is the first time they had ever heard those words in their life? Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, they were familiar with lambs. They had heard that Abel had a lamb. They had heard that Moses had a lamb. They knew about Aaron's lamb. They knew about the high priest had lambs. They knew Israel had a lamb, but they had never heard that God had a lamb. Behold, the lamb of God, this lamb, the emancipator, the redeemer, the great I am. The Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the priceless, the pierceless, the sacrifice, the sovereign, the sweet. And here in South Arkansas, God had a sure enough lamb. The lamb of God. First time they had ever heard those words. And can I hasten on to say, not only Did he point his finger, John the Baptist? And there's Jesus coming across that wilderness. But anybody in the house today remember a time in your life when some preacher, some soul winner, some Sunday school teacher, some mother, some coworker, some neighbor who loved the Lord met you in your wilderness of sin and unbelief and cried out to you, Behold, stand in awe. There the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I want to conclude with this. John the Baptist Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. They had never heard, behold, the Lamb of God. They did not know that God had a lamb. But that last phrase we read about in John chapter 1, verse number 29, where he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. They had never heard that either never heard that there's only one word in that last phrase which taketh away the sin of the world were they familiar with and that's the word sin they were familiar through the prophets and through the the, the teachings uh, under the law that there were sin and they had sin and they were born sinners and they were condemned to die because of their sin. They understood the consequences of their sin. They knew about sin. They knew the blood would be shed once a year by the high priest in the holy of holy places for the sin of their nation. But they only had heard about sin. I go a step further. They heard some good things about their sin, but they never had heard the best. I want to get to preaching right here. Is that all right? They had heard some good things about their sin. They had heard when the prophets say that God had buried their sin as far as in the depths of the sea. They had heard how that God had scattered their sin as far as the east is from the west. They had heard how that God had put their sins behind his back. They had heard one prophet talk about how God had put their sin in a bag and sealed it. One said how God had covered their sin, how propitiated their sin, how God had with the blood forgave their sin. Now, all that's good. But they hadn't heard the best. And when John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world... They finally heard the best. You say, what's better than what God had already told them? Well, let me, glad you asked. Let me expound on that. It's good for your sins to be put in a bag by God and sealed, but they're still in the bag. It's good for them to be buried in the deepest of the sea, but they're still buried there. It's good they're scattered us. the east is from the west, but if you travel around, eventually you'll run right into them. It's good for your sins to be covered. It's good for your sins to be propitiated. But let me tell you what's better than covered, propitiated, sealed in a bag, put behind God's back, scattered for us the east is from the west, buried in the deep of the sea. The better is our sins are taken from the world. Where are they? They're G-O-N-E, gone. They're gone. Can I just encourage somebody in closing today? When you became a born-again believer, the moment that you called upon Jesus to forgive you and to save you and claimed him as Savior and made him Lord of your life, at that moment, Your life began and no longer has God got a record of your past. Your past life, not only did God pardon you, but he tore up the documents and you began. If I understand justification biblically correctly, your life only began when you got saved. That ought to be enough to praise him today for what he's done for us. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. They'd never heard that. The world? They heard about individual sins. They had heard about family sins through the blood coming out of Egypt. They had heard about their nation's Sins forgiven, but they never heard. The sin of the world. And that's where you and I come in today. Gentiles with Jews, engrafted as one family of God. May we leave here today on this 171 celebrated anniversary Of this great local church, lifting up our voice, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Prepare, get ready, somebody's coming.